Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Did you know that you can do anything if you can just believe God? Nothing is impossible for people who believe God. Believe what He's telling you instead of believing your own self-doubt and the lies that cross your mind every day. Just believe God. Anything becomes possible if you will. There's a strong chance that you will be healed if you believe God. And there's a strong possibility that your financial needs, your emotional needs, and your mental health needs will be met if you will just believe God. Jesus said, all things are possible for those who believe. Now listen to this. Faith is simply focusing on Jesus. Doubt is focusing on your own limitations. So, if you choose between the two, you may as well choose faith in Jesus. So listen in and find out how you can stop doubting. Amen. If, you, uh, if you're online, you can go to lifeworthlivingchurch.org, our website, and pull down the notes and follow along. Um, I failed last Sunday, but... Moving forward, every Sunday, you should be able to pull down the notes and uh, kind of follow along. It'll make it a little bit easier. Because when you're just listening on the line, I know you get distracted with kids and TV and this, that, and the other. But having something there in front of you probably would be helpful as well. Let, Let me tell you something. You don't ever have to doubt God again. You don't ever. Do you Think about the feeling of what it feels like when you doubt God as a Christian in particular, it's a bad feeling. It's a bad feeling. It it takes you down instead of taking you up. The opposite of doubt is to believe God. And, And what is believing God? Faith is a noun. Believing is a verb. So believing is simply faith in action. Faith in action. That's what believing God is. Doubt is the opposite of faith in action. It's going away from God instead of going towards God. So the next three or four weeks, I want to share with you some thoughts about the fact that you don't have to doubt God anymore. It is the best thing in the world when you're flying, soaring on the wings of faith, believing God. Well, what do you believe about God? Well, you've got to believe, first of all, that he exists. You've got to believe that he exists you got to believe that he cares for you, that he loves for you. He loves you so much that he gave what was most precious to him, his very own son, to die on the cross for your sins, for my sins, for the bad things that we've done. Not just the bad things that we've done. Have you ever failed before, failed miserably? He died for your failures. Do you have any regrets in your life? I bet you do. I do. He died for your regrets to cover over your past so you don't have a worry and to, to even think about. All right, so we're going to kick doubt in the face today. We're going to walk out those doors believing God, believing God. And you're going to, it's not all about feelings, but you're going to feel pretty good today at the end of the service. If you receive what we have to talk about today, today you're going to feel really good. But look at this, James chapter 1, verses 5 through 7 these scriptures changed my life about two years ago. I've never been the same since. I misread these scriptures all my life, and I finally read them for what they're really telling me, and it changed me forever. All right? Listen to these scriptures. 
if any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, have you ever wanted more wisdom? All right. If any of you lacks wisdom, what does the Bible tell you to do? It says you should ask God who gives, listen to how God gives, generously without finding fault in you. How does God give? He, does, he says, oh, you're, you've cheated on your wife? It's okay, I'm going to give you wisdom. Oh, you've murdered somebody? I'm not going to file it and find fault on you. I'm going to go ahead and give you wisdom simply because you asked. Oh, you're a pedophile? Oh, it's okay, I'm going to give you wisdom anyways. That's how God gives generously. He doesn't find fault, and it will be given to you. It will be given to you. God is going to send it to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea. You're blown and tossed by the wind back and forth. God doesn't want you to be that way. That person should never expect to receive anything from the Lord. Now, I read the scripture all my life saying, if I doubt, God isn't going to give. But that's not what the scripture says. God gives without finding fault, but if you doubt, you won't be able to receive what God has given. You're shut off from what God gives you. I used to think all the time, oh, I doubted God's not going to give me what I'm asking because it's not just wisdom. You might ask for healing. You might ask for peace of mind. You might ask for whatever, deliverance from an addiction or whatever. You ask God, he is going to give it to you. But if you doubt, you won't be able to receive what he's given you. Do, you. do you see what I'm saying? Your doubt doesn't shut God down. Your doubt shuts you down. Wow. We were all meant to just receive from God. He's the giver of all good things. In him, there's no, the Bible says there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, if God is what he is, he's going to act that way consistently, faithfully, time and time again. He's always going to give. If you ask, he's going to give. Just don't doubt so that you can receive what he gives you. Now, I'll give you a, a great example here. The children of Israel, I think it was 50 some odd days that they traveled from Egypt, finally got to the promised land. God said, go in. I've given this promised land to you. I've given it to you. But you know what? They doubted and they couldn't receive it. And they went back out into the desert for another 38, 39 years. They, they, they had it. God gave it, but they couldn't receive it because they doubted. What does that tell you and me? I want to stop doubting. I want to get doubt out of my life so I can receive all the good things that God is trying to pour onto me and into me and around me. I want to get it all, but I need to stop doubting. So let's look at a couple of Verses, you don't have to doubt God ever again in your whole life. Isn't that encouraging? Starting today, you can be free from your doubt, praise God. But let's look at Mark chapter 9, verse 14 through 29. It, going back to James, isn't that life-changing? Isn't that freeing? It's, it's, it's not that we're shutting God down, we're shutting ourselves down. But Mark chapter 9, verse 14 through 29, it says... When they came to the other disciples, so picture this. Jesus is coming down with three of his disciples, Peter, John, and James, walking down from the Mount of Transfiguration where he had revealed his glory to them. They're walking down the mountain, and the other, what's 12 minus 3? 
9. The other nine disciples are down there, and they're trying to help this man who has a little boy who's demon-possessed, and they can't get the demon out of the child, all right? So people start come running to Jesus, and these three disciples that are coming down from the mountain, and Jesus sees this large crowd around them, the teachers of the law, arguing with the nine disciples. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. And that's how we should be with Jesus. We should be in wonder. Oh, my word, Jesus, you are so amazing. Did you know Jesus is alive? And he's right here with us. He can live in your heart if you'll let him. You should be in wonder of Jesus. What are you arguing about, he asked. The man in the crowd answered, teacher. I always find that interesting. They, they talk to Jesus as a teacher. That means Jesus has something to teach. <laughs> that means we have something to learn. But he said, teacher, I brought you my son. Or I brought um, my son who is possessed by a spirit has robbed him of his speech. That's what the devil does, by the way. He robs you of what's yours. He robs. You should get mad at the devil and say, you know what? You're not going to rob me of my health anymore. You're not going to rob me of my marriage anymore. You're not going to rob me of my sanity anymore. You're not going to rob me of my peace. But look, the spirit had robbed him of his speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your nine disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Doubt will keep you from being able to do the things that God has called you to do. I could, they could not do it. Verse 19, Jesus says, you unbelieving generation. In other words, you doubting generation. It's part of your DNA. This whole generation just doubts me. Let's stop doubting God. Did you know doubt is a decision? You can choose to doubt. You can choose to believe. It's up to you. He says, you doubting generation, how long will I stay with you? How, how long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. <laughs> Praise God. You know what you can do? You can bring your doubt to Jesus. Don't try to hide your doubt. Don't try to thrust your doubt out. Just say, Jesus, here's my doubt. <laughs> please help me with it. I, I, don't, I don't want to doubt anymore. Here's my doubt. Would you please help me with my doubt? But he brings in the boy. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsions. Let me tell you what. The closer you get to Jesus, the more your problems might surface at first. And you say, look, I got close to God. And look what's happening to me now. All my problems are coming. And that's, you know what? They've got to come to head so they can come out. They got to come to head. So when you get close to Jesus and bad things start happening, don't get discouraged. Keep pressing into God. Those things are going to get taken care of, but they got to come up before they come out, if that makes sense. So the boy convulses, thrown to the ground. He rolls around. He foams at the mouth, a kind of a terrifying uh, picture. Jesus asks the boy's father. I just can see Jesus just standing there. The boy's rolling around. He's, you know, and Jesus looks over the dad. He says, how long has the boy been this way? <laughs> Instead of doing something, he enters into an interesting conversation with the father. He says, how long has the boy been this way? From childhood, his dad says. It is often thrown him into the fire, into the water, trying to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity and help us. If you can do anything, how many times do we go? That's a doubtful 
tone there. God, if you can do anything. That's not the tone we need with God. We need a believing, God, you can do this. But the boy's father, at least he's there. How, how often have we gone to God half doubting? At least we went to God, right? So don't, just because you doubt, don't let that separate you from going to, go to God with your doubt just as this man went to Jesus with his doubt. Do the same thing. He says, but if you can do anything, take pity on us. Look at this in verse 23, and this is where we're going to rest a little bit. He says, Jesus says, if you can, in other words, the man has said, if you can do anything, and Jesus turns to him, the boy's still rolling around. He says, if you can do anything, isn't that interesting? The man's looking for Jesus for help, and Jesus turns around and says, if you can do anything, and he says, everything is possible. The boy's still rolling around here. <laughs> he says, everything is possible for the one who believes. He says, if you can do anything. Let me tell you what, if we'll get rid of our doubt, you will be able to do unbelievable exploits for the Lord. You will be able to do unbelievable exploits for the Lord with the power of Jesus in you. It's not just you, it's Jesus in you. But you are going to do mighty things for the Lord. Mighty things for the Lord. But we've got to kick doubt out of our lives. We're going to come back to the scripture in just a second. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, he says, but help me overcome my unbelief. Have you ever had two forces inside of you? You believe, but you also doubt, and you're battling back and forth. Well, this guy just demonstrates this by saying, I do believe, but help me, because tomorrow I might start doubting again. Amen? Amen? God, help me with my... Bring doubt to Jesus so he can help you kick it out of your life. So... Jesus saw that the crowd's running to the scene. Here's the boy still rolling around. He rebukes the impure spirit. He says, you deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter into him again. Now that's a powerful, powerful thing because I don't know about you, but yes, God healed me of cancer, but what if it comes back again? God, you saved my kid, but what if they turn their backs on God again? God, I thank you for my job, but what if I end up on the, you know, in poverty again? You know what? God does things permanently in your lives. He does things permanently in your life. We need to believe God. Believe God. Praise God for a permanent solution. The, the spirit shrieks, convulses the kid violently, comes out. The boy looked much like a corpse. And many said, he's dead. Boy, let me tell you, there's all the doubters all surrounding you. Oh, look, Jesus just killed your kid. <laughs> you know, as if you didn't have enough doubt in your own head, you've got all these other people around you. You've got to shut the doubters out. Don't even associate with them. <laughs> Get negativity out of your life. If there's somebody that's bringing you down, get away from them if you can. You know, if you're married, don't divorce them. I'm not saying that. But you know what? Get the naysayers, the negative people out of your life. You have enough struggles in your life without other people pulling you down too. Amen? So uh, they, they said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet, and he stood up completely whole, completely saved, free from all of that, that mess that that poor child had undergone. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive? Those nine disciples, why couldn't we do it? 
he replied, this kind only comes out by prayer. Only by prayer. And we're going to work backwards. And the lessons learned from this scripture, the first one is this very last one. Prayer beats doubt. If you want to get rid of doubt, talk and listen to God. Pray to God. Not religiously, not with your beads in your hand and repeating the same words over and I'm not talking about that kind of prayer. I'm talking about a heartfelt prayer where you're crying out to God. Maybe in your mind, you may not be talking out loud, but you're desperate for God and you're talking to him in your thoughts. Now, I would encourage you to pray out loud as well. Talk to God out loud. Now, I go on walks sometimes and I talk to God. Now, I try to get, to get away where people can't see me because if they saw me, they might think I was crazy because I'm walking and I'm talking. But, you know, I'm talking to God and my lips are moving. I probably look a little weird. But you know what? I'm talking to God. It's the most important exercise in the world. Prayer beats doubt. Now, don't confuse worry for prayer. There's a lot of people that say, I just prayed an hour for this. No, you didn't. You worried for an hour about this. I'm talking about talking to Jesus about your difficulties and let him, letting him handle your difficulties, talking to God, listening to God. All right. Mark 9.23, let's go back. Let's go back to the scripture here. Our anchor scripture in Mark 9.23 said, If you can, Jesus says, everything is possible to the one who believes. Let me paraphrase this term. Everything is possible to the one who believes. Because I don't know about you. When I hear the word possible, I think, what, one in a million chance? One in a billion chance? What does this word possible mean to me? And, and is it really meant to encourage me? You see how I take a scripture and make it negative, take an, a negative view on it? We shouldn't do that. What is the scripture saying? Everything is possible for the one who believes. It means this. And listen to me closely. You can do anything if you'll believe God. You can do anything if you believe God. Nothing is impossible for you if you will just start believing God. There's this, this word possible, actually in the Greek, everything is possible, really means power. It's dunamis. Everything is powerful for the one who believes is what this really is saying. Everything is powerful for the one who believes. All right, so let me put it to you this way. There's a super abundant power influence, spiritual wealth, resources, and abilities available to you for the things that God has conceived in you. If you will let God persuade you that that really is the way that it is. Do you get that? All of these resources are available to you if you'll just let God persuade you that they're available to you. Now, you might think that sounds kind of like circular reasoning. I'm not quite following you, Steve. What are you talking about? Well, there's a lot of things like that. You know what? You could be standing there and God's given you a job and you don't go to the job. You're going to lose the job. All right. It's available there for you. Let God persuade you that it's available so that you push in and take the job and do a good job at the job. All right. Uh, there's all kinds of examples. So it's not circular reasoning. God's handing you 
everything that you need for life and for godliness, but you got to reach out your hand and believe it and take what he's given you. If he's given you peace, take his peace. If he's given you healing, take your healing. You may not see feel healed right away, but if he's promised it, you take it. Eventually, you're going to feel it as well. All right? Take what God has given you. Now, I woke up a while back. This was a few months ago, and this verse was ringing in my ears as if God was telling this to me personally. He said, everything is possible for the one who believes. I woke up with that as if God had told that to me in my sleep right as I was waking up my faith exploded and I'm telling it I'm passing it on to you everything is possible for you if you would just believe God just believe God everything is you can do anything if you will begin to believe him now that now let's go back to this word possible though because it's not it's not a bad word it can be taken negatively but the American settlers that came over from England and and uh, the Netherlands and different parts of Europe why did they come to the United States they came yes for religious freedom but they came because this was the land of possibilities this was the land and continues to be the land of possibilities they came here because they saw the possibility of a better life all right the obstacles that were in the royalties of England and in other European countries, they weren't here. You had a free door for you to open it up and go take, buy some land, sow some crops, establish a life for yourself, get a job. Let me tell you what, God gives you possibilities that with the enemy you would never have. He's given you the promised land. And so were the Israelites when the promised land, it was the land of opportunities, but you got to go take your opportunity. You can't sit around and just expect for the opportunity to come to you. No, God opens the door. You better walk through it. You better walk through it. Get up and start moving. Go take what God has, has blessed you with. Believe that God has good things for you. So is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven has extreme promise for you and me. Far better than America has to offer. All right? Greater possibilities, greater opportunities than you could have ever dreamed in. So come into the kingdom, you and me. Let's come into the kingdom of heaven. And everything will be supernaturally possible for us. Everything will be supernaturally possible for us. The healing of our minds the healing of our bodies, the restoration of our finances, the restoration of relationships. With the kingdom of heaven, everything is supernaturally possible. What, what are some of these things? Well, there's a strong possibility that you're going to be healed if you're sick. There's a strong possibility God's going to heal you. All right? So instead of seeing the glass half empty, let's start seeing it more than half full. There's a strong possibility you could even today be healed. Amen? And if you're struggling in your mind, there's a strong possibility that God will give you the peace that you need. But you need to reach out and let the peace of God rule in your mind and in your heart. 
there's a strong possibility that you're going to have the job of your dreams and your family is going to be well provided for. There's a strong possibility that that's going to happen. There's a strong possibility that you're going to be debt free. If you're in debt, that God is going to take that debt, that financial debt that straps you, he's going to free you from that debt. There's a strong possibility that your children and your grandchildren are going to serve the Lord with all of their hearts. There's a strong possibility that this country is going to get turned around for Jesus. There's a strong possibility. You see, this is, this is believing talk right now. We're starting to talk in a different manner. We're starting to see things in a different way. We're starting to believe God. And when you believe God, everything changes in your life. All right, there's a strong possibility this COVID thing is going to get broken in half and we're not going to deal with it anymore. There's a strong possibility that your hopes and dreams are going to come true. There's a strong possibility that you're going to have a wonderful marriage if you're struggling in your marriage. God can do anything. Let's start believing God. Mark 10:27. It's another story. I won't go into the story itself, but Mark 10:27, Jesus looks at them and says, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. All right? Real prayer is real believing. All right? If you're coming to God, and, and we do this, I encourage you to come to God any way you can. But at some point, we've got to start coming to God with full of faith and saying, God, you're going to do it. You know, don't come to God mealy mouth. Oh, God, I don't know if you can do this. I don't know if you want to. I don't know if you love me. I don't know if I've failed too many times. Stop it already and come to God boldly. The Bible talks about this in Hebrews. Come boldly before the throne of grace and ask for your help in your time of need. Come boldly before God, believing God, saying, this thing that I'm going through, it's coming to an end. Because all things are possible with God. The doctors may say it's impossible, but my God says it is possible. Amen? The, my, my divorced lawyer might say this is impossible with all things God. All things are possible with God. Praise God. So this is, this is the attitude we need to begin to have. In Ephesians 1, 19 through uh, verse 21, it speaks of God's incomparably great power that's available for one type of person. One type of person. And it says it's available for the one who believes. God's power is available to you if you will begin to believe God. You say, well, I haven't experienced much power from God lately. I don't know what he's talking about. Have you been believing lately? <laughs> Have you been receiving from God lately? Because if you, if you are, you will be experiencing the power of God in your life on a daily basis, maybe even on an hourly basis. God showing you, revealing things to you. What kind of power are we talking about? Well, it's the same power uh, as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him in heavenly realms far above every power and principality. That's some serious power that's available to you, available to me, available to believers. Did you know you can be a Christian and not be a believer? <laughs> it's a tragic, it sounds like an oxymoron. In, in other words, uh, it's something that d doesn't jive right. You know, as Christians, we better be believers. We better, not doubters, we better be believers. Praise God, take on that identity. You can either believe or you can doubt. It's your choice. You pick. It's your decision. 
You can wallow around in what you're experiencing or you can you can soar with wings as eagles and start experiencing what God has for you to experience. That's why in Ephesians 6:10 it says finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in his power, not in your own power. So what are you strong in? Let's think about that for a second. What have you been strong in this last week? What have, where have you found your strength? Because strength is a commodity. It's something that is out there. You can draw from it. You can not draw from it. You can try to find strength in yourself, and you might find some strength there, but it depletes fairly quickly. There's an unending source of strength in the Lord Jesus Christ. Unending source, like a well that bubbles up. It'll never run dry. If you will go to the well of Jesus' strength, you will always find strength for all your troubles, all your problems, all your opportunities, all your initiatives, everything that you chase after. God can give you strength. Where are you getting your strength from? The Bible says here, be strong in the Lord and in his power. If you do that, if you receive strength from God, you won't doubt. There's there's one for you. If you want to kick doubt out of your life, start finding your strength in the Lord. And you say, Steve, well, how do I how do I do that? You talk about, well, you know, that's a that's a good analogy, but how do I find my strength in the Lord? Crack open your Bible 30 minutes a day. And if that seems like too much, 15 minutes a day. If that seems like too much, five minutes a day but crack open your bible and you will get strength like you've never had before start talking to god prayer start talking to god and you won't have doubt in your life anymore come to church three times a week and you'll find strength you won't have doubt you say steve i can't do three well then do two steve i can't do two well then do one but at least do one all right you will get strength from the Lord and doubt will exit your life. I've just given you three practical ways of how you can find strength in the Lord. Read your Bible, pray, and join with other believers and you will be the strongest Christian you could ever dreamed of. Do those things. You know, it's easy to let those things slip though, right? And the telltale signs, just see where your doubt, if you're starting to doubt God a lot, you have low strength, one of those three things is missing. <laughs> One of those three things is missing. And I'm telling you, this is easy as pie. Not that pie is easy. I've never even made a pie, so maybe that's bad. All right, but this is easy. This is easy stuff. God doesn't ask you to go out and do major things. He asks you to do simple, easy, yet consistent things. And your strength, your spiritual strength will be very strong. (laughs) Let's look at a couple of other scriptures here. Mark 6. Is everybody with me so far? This is making sense. All right. Mark 6, verses 1 through 6. Another story of Jesus. A true story. This isn't a fable. This isn't made up. This is true. Jesus left there and went to his hometown where he grew up. All right. He was accompanied by his disciples. Then when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that's been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and his brothers James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't these his sisters here with us? 
and they took offense at him. Now, this may be hard to relate to, but I want to make it relatable. Uh, you know, you might have children who are grown children who are not in church right now, and they take offense at Jesus because they look at your life and they say, you go to church and I don't see much happening. I mean, what's, what's the big deal? They take offense at God because they haven't tasted for themselves that Jesus is good. And they look at you and they say, you just going to church? I don't, I don't know what the big deal is. They take offense at God. But you know what? God needs to unveil their eyes, pull back the curtains, let them see Jesus for who Jesus is. They haven't tasted to see that God is good for themselves. That's why we pray for them. But this same scenario plays out in our modern day lives. Same, same type of thing. All right. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town. He was kind of talking to himself like, here it goes again. People knew me when I was growing up. They saw me as a carpenter. Now I'm, my ministry is unveiled, and they don't believe me. They've taken offense at me. They might be jealous at, with me. Who knows? Who knows what these people were thinking? And so look at this, though. He said, um, he, the Bible says, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith or amazed at their doubt. All right? This statement here just blows me away. He could not do any miracles there. God can't do miracles in your life unless you have some semblance of faith. You've got to believe God. Otherwise, you're going to dry up, shrivel up, and never receive all the good things God has for you. Have faith in God. Stop doubting. Kick doubt out by strengthening yourself in the Lord and good things that wouldn't have happened otherwise will begin to happen in your lives. I'm talking tangible things, things that memories that'll stick in your mind. God will do good things for those who believe in him. He gives, we can't doubt, because otherwise we won't receive. All right, so there's those that say, you know what? I don't think God exists. I don't think God is listening to me. I don't think God loves me or cares for me. I don't think he will answer me because I've done too many bad things. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think. You know what? Faith requires you to do some thinking. All right? The person who doubts is the person who's not thinking because I don't think this, I don't think that, I don't think the other. Let me tell you, faith is very logical. If God did it once for you, he can do it again. Use your cognitive abilities, your logic, and say, God did it a hundred times. He's going to do it again for me. He's going to come through again for me. I'll tell you what, believing in faith takes some thinking. You've got to start thinking. Take your thoughts off of the negative things and put them on what God has promised you and remind yourself of the things that God has done for you over and over and over again. All right, going along that those same lines in Matthew 9:29 in the amplified version Jesus touches the eyes of a blind person he says according to your faith in other words your trust your confidence in God's power and in God's ability to heal it will be done for you according to your faith if you want to be a woman a man of faith you're going to have a lot of miracles in your life 
And I pray that God gives you the gift of faith. I've been praying for the gift of faith for myself. And he's given it to me. Say, God, give me the gift of faith just to believe you naturally, easily. You know, day in and day out, just believe God. According to your faith will it be unto you. Look at your surroundings. Look at where you're at. And say, you know what? I want things to change around here. How is that going to happen? According to your faith, it will be done unto you. Your faith in God. Again, Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And I want you to, if, you, if you're jotting this down, jot this one down. Faith is focusing on God. Doubt is focusing on your own limitations. All right? If you want to have great faith, just look at Jesus and stop looking at yourself all the time. We've been talking about this for weeks. Stop looking at yourself. Start looking at Jesus, and you will have faith. When you look at Jesus, you can't help but have faith. When you read the Bible, you can't help but have faith. When you pray, you can't help but have faith. When you come to church, you can't help but have your level of faith increase from what it was when you walked in the door. It happens naturally. When you look to Jesus, you will have faith. But if you doubt, it's simply because you're focusing on your own limitations. That's why in Romans 10, 17, it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. What's the message? God's whispering something in your ear every day of your life. He's always telling. What is God telling? You can do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He's always whispering in your ear. It's okay. Your past is covered. If you've repented of your past, your past is covered. Don't regret anymore. Don't beat yourself up anymore. That's what Jesus is whispering in your ear every day of your life. He's whispering, your future is beautiful. You've got, I've got plans for you. I've got hope for you. I've got, I've got a future for you. That's what Jesus is whispering in your ear. Would you begin to listen to him? Listen to his message instead of the message that's coming from some other source? Listen to the message of Jesus. Because it says faith comes from hearing that message. And that message is heard through the word about Christ. All right, I wish I had a physical Bible, but my Bible is on my phone. This is what I read all the time. My Bible is here, so I'm, this represents my Bible, all right? I read this Bible, and I get faith. That's where faith comes from, reading the word of God. If you have a low level of faith, it's because you and I were not reading our Bibles as we should, all right? Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the message, the word of Christ, Believing is simply in response to what God is telling you. All right? I'm not going to go out there and say, you know what? Whenever I walk out that door, I believe there's going to be a red Ferrari out there for me to jump into. And I believe that I, I believe God is going to give me a, a 5,000 square foot home. That's not faith. That's called naming it and claiming it, gabbing it and grabbing it. That's not what faith is. Faith is response to what God is telling you. That's all it is. Faith isn't uh, Tony Robbins pumping my brain full of what Tony Robbins has to tell me. He's a motivational crazy person. <laughs> we don't, that's not what faith is. Faith is in response to what God is telling you. That's why we need to get in connection with God so that he tells us what to expect. And then I can have faith in what he's telling me. But I've got, to hear, I've got to hear from God. All right. Believing God is going to erase negativity, doubt, and fear. Praise the Lord. But I'm going to end with this. Matthew 17, 19 through 21. 
We're talking about kicking doubt in the face, right? Getting rid of doubt. Matthew 19, excuse me, 17, verses 19 through 21, the disciples came to Jesus privately and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? Okay, this is the same story that we read in Mark, but now in Matthew, there's a little bit more context here, a little bit more explanation of Jesus, what Jesus told his disciples. He replied, because you have so little faith. I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be moved. Nothing will be impossible for you. Let's just look at this just really quick. It's interesting. Jesus says you have so little faith, but then he encourages them to at least have small faith. So apparently there's a difference between little faith and small faith. Little faith being bad, small faith being good. So let's look at small faith. Whenever you look at, at the, the meaning, especially in the Greek, the meaning behind little faith, it means little numbers, low in quantity, few occurrences of faith. Did you know that God gives you the opportunity to exercise your faith every day of your life? A person of little faith doesn't exercise their faith every time they get an opportunity to. We should be different from that. Every day when our boss does something or our job doesn't work out or we have an argument with somebody, that's an opportunity for faith. So let's exercise our faith every day so that Jesus can't come to us and say, you have little faith, few occurrences of faith. I want to exercise my faith every day and probably multiple times a day. Exercise your faith so Jesus doesn't come to you and say, you of little faith. All right? Little faith is also reacting to God's word in doubt. When God makes you a promise, hang on to that promise. Pray that promise that, that it will be fulfilled. Keep believing that promise. If you react to God's word and doubt, you're going to have little faith. Weak, insignificant, impotent faith. So God gives us opportunity after opportunity. He speaks to us constantly. Why don't we react in faith instead of doubt? Now, let's move over to small faith. Remember, little faith bad, small faith is good, all right? Here's the, the aspect of small faith is that it's like a seed, as described here. It's living. At least this little seed is a living thing. Your faith is a living thing. What are you doing to cultivate that faith? Does anybody in here, a gardener, likes has a green thumb? Can plant things not a single okay sister mary she's the only one all right if you just go plant if you go take a seed and throw it out in the dirt and turn around what's going to happen to it? it's not nothing's going to happen to it. you've got to cultivate that seed it's a living thing that needs nurturing it needs attention it needs water it needs sunshine it needs protection all right but this small faith is a new faith Here's the key. Small faith is a new faith. Let God begin to put a new faith in you. A new faith in him. Like the kind of faith when you first gave your heart to Jesus. It was a new faith. It was an exciting faith. Let God put that new faith in you as a seed. It's a living faith. And that faith is just waiting uh, and positively reacting, reacting to each and every opportunity that it's given. I'm telling you, even this afternoon, you're going to have opportunity to exercise your faith. Start exercising it.
Start believing God. Start speaking his word over your situation. Get your Bible out and read it. Believe it. Operate in faith. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, we thank you, O God, because we don't have to doubt anymore. We don't have to doubt you anymore. We can be men and women of strong faith, actively believing everything that you tell us. Instead of seeing a problem and cringing in fear and cowering in fear, Lord, help us to begin to stand up and say, my God is bigger than this problem. My God can handle this problem. My God, it's impossible with me, but nothing is impossible with God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Instead of having little, a few instances of faith, let us at the end of this week have, have, shoot, dozens of experiences of faith. Dozens. Where instead of, uh, of reacting in our flesh, we react in the word. We react in the Holy Spirit. We say, God will take care of this. God will take care of me. I'm going to stand in faith on the word of God. Lord Jesus, and where some of us are weak spiritually, help us to do the basics, Lord. Read the Bible.